This is episode number 175 of the Homeowner Show. Whether you're DIY or looking to hire, we're here to help you find the best information and options for you and your home. My name is Kevin Hackett, and here with me is Craig Williams. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Homeowner Show. We're so glad that you could join us for another episode of the Homeowner Show here from the Homeowner Show studios. How you doing, Kev? Man, I'm fantastic. Fantastico. Yep. The game's good. The game's good. Yeah, the game. You know. Talking about the national championship? No, the game. All the the game. All the, the game games. of life. The game, the game of, of life oh, is fantastic. I'm good. You're finally winning. I'm well, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh but I'm good, man. Nothing nothing crazy to report. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's happy around my place. How about you, man? How you doing? Uh I mean, not everybody is happy at my place. <laughs> okay. Why? So, uh so yesterday my I was I was upstairs in the kitchen yeah on the second and a half floor yes um which for those of you that have been listening to the show for a long time realize that yes my kitchen is on the second and a half floor it's a ridiculous kitchen and we love it anyway so <laughs> screw you um it, <laughs> anyway i was in the kitchen and my son who had forgotten his homework and was being punished by having to clean the fence row oh um came into the house screaming and like he screams sometimes, yeah. which is fine. But this was like a blood-curdling scream. Uh-oh. And he came into the house screaming, and then all of a sudden the screaming intensified. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, my son just chopped his finger off. I'm not only going to have to clean the blood off, but I'm going to have to find the finger. And you know, So I go downstairs, and what's going on? He's like, I got stung in the head. Oh, no. And I was like, what stung you in the head? I don't know. And so he starts showing me. He's got like a hole in his arm, and he's Oof. got like a hole in his head. And so I was like, okay, buddy, like, take me outside and show me where this happened. I don't want to. No, no, okay, it's okay. Dad's, dad's with you or, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to kill it. Yeah. Because that's what good dads do. Of course. Something attacks your kids, you kill it. You kill it. Yeah. So I went outside and lo and behold, it was ground hornets. Oh, no. And so he was like, <laughs> he was, he was pointing at him. He was like, it was right over there. <laughs> and as soon as he pointed, like two or three of them like flew at us. Oh. And, like, he saw him and took off at a dead run. Well, sure. as soon as he turned and ran, I saw that there was, like, two of them on his back. Oh, no. And so, like, I'm chasing him. He <laughs> thinks I'm scared, which scares him even more. And so he's flipping out, and I'm like, no, stop. You've got him on your back. And so I finally caught up with him because he's a fast little booger. Yeah. And I, I had to, like, manhandle these hornets <laughs> off of his back and, like, throw them on the ground and then pick him up and run him inside because they were chasing us. <laughs> oh, um, man. I killed them today, though. Well, that's good. I, there, there's, you know, there is nothing that is on this earth that I hate worse than wasps, hornets, all the stupid flying stingy things. No. They're the abs- they're I mean, they are of the devil. Yeah. Well, we were it's it's weird. We were at uh at uh, my sister's house for Christmas and my brother looks down and just like shakes his hand and he's like, I don't know, that was weird. What and he looked down and he had a barb in his in his Oh my gosh. In his hand. He didn't even realize he got stung. Of course it swelled up and everything. It's just like all you stinging things. Oh yeah, man. I like him. Well, and like I don't know if I've ever shared the pictures on our uh, social media with with this particular channel, um, <laughs> but like if I get like, here's what always happens with me mm-hmm. is it's always the face. Oh yeah, every time it's the face mm-hmm. for me, and I swell up and I look like sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> but it's y'all, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. And everyone's like, "Can you breathe? 
Are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> but I look like an idiot. Yeah. Oh, it's it's really great, actually. We should share some of those pictures <laughs> of how ugly you can become. It's 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 really impressive. Yeah, it is. So, but on a completely unrelated note, uh huh. We're we're talking about home security tonight. Yeah, yeah, we are. I this is uh this is gonna be an interesting episode because I think that um we're gonna be talking about home security in a way that we're not used to. Yeah, right? I, I absolutely. I think I think this is a game changer. We've we've had this this interview scheduled for a while. I've been I've I've actually been excited about it. Uh, our, our guest has actually been on Eric G's show before. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was able to listen to the interview and and you know get a few few pointers from the uh, the, the master interviewer over there. Yeah. Um, Caroline. But, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, but anyway, we got we got Dave Selinger, right? From Deep Sentinel. That's right. Am, am, I, am I say? Did I, did I get it all right? You did. I just realized as you were saying, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't send you the pronunciation. Usually, I, I try to go out of my way to do that, but you nailed it. It's Dave Selinger, just yes. like uh, JD Selinger, catcher in the rock. So look at that. See that, Kev? Thumbs up. It's like I'm a professional. Wow. Like I knew it's, what I'm doing, and <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, they're gonna know now because I'm gloating. But even a blind squirrel, right? <laughs> even a blind squirrel, man. Every once in a Every while. Once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man, we're we're glad that you're here. Uh, so let's just do this for a minute. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I, don't, I don't actually don't think that's fair. What? Because like I know a little bit about his his backstory. Okay. Like I I want to like I know about. I know a little bit about the Amazon days. Okay. I know a little bit about the Redfin days. Okay. I want to hear about that. Okay. okay. Well, okay. So let's do this. Um, tell us all the, the the wonderful, amazing things about yourself <laughs> that you probably don't just blurt out to everybody. Give us all the juicy details. Tell us who you are and um, how you got into home security even to begin with. Sure. So, so uh, again, happy to be here. Um my my background i'm a technologist i grew up programming computers in the in the 80s and um which was a great way to make friends by the way in high school um I, all those uh, cool D D clubs i mean it no i mean i'm, I'm still friends with both of them and um <laughs> no, but i'm serious uh <laughs> yeah no the, the so I, I i grew up in southern oregon a little town called grants pass i actually lived in a suburb of grants pass for those you don't know it grants pass has a had a, a whopping total population of fifteen thousand, and i grew up in a suburb called merlin that had a population of 375 mm. uh you know pl- plus or minus three or four um <laughs> and uh i was fortunate enough to get to go to stanford my folks were were really supportive of letting me learn about computers and uh, for those of the listeners that are younger, you'll you'll not be familiar with this this method of learning. But I used to have to go to this place called the library ah. in order to to learn. So I taught myself to program when I was six by checking out books from the local county library. Nice. Uh, and then, uh, like I said, went to Stanford. I dropped out, started a couple companies during the first dot com. Went back and finished my degree while I was a a partner at a coffee company called Dutch Bros, which is a a sweet uh, coffee company. It's based in Oregon. They were on the CEO there as a friend of mine. And he was on Undercover Boss. So if you don't know Dutch Bros, you should watch the Undercover Boss uh, okay. episode because it, it's awesome. We just got um, our first Dutch Bros here. No, you didn't. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, Kevin. That's it's awesome. Twenty on twenty. What? Yeah. 
like that's close. I know. Okay. I well, I look, I'm not a huge coffee drinker, but I'll go. I'm all in. Go get 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 a get a Kahlua kicker if you can for your intro, and then dial it back from there after. Okay. After all right. You, all right. The first one. Uh, right. They actually just went public this year too. I'm really I'm really stoked for them. I'm still friends with uh, with the the founder there. Um, then I, I graduated, got to go to Amazon. Amazon recruited me to go run their first AI machine learning team, which was, I mean, out of the blue, I, I really, I don't know how they, they picked me to do that, but I, I was stoked that they did. It became the foundation of my career. Um, I ran that for a couple of years. I then started a company called Redfin, which is a, a real estate company that's now publicly traded. I started another AI company and then about six, seven years ago, I left that company. I'd grown it to about 50 million in sales and then I left. And, um, and so I said that as an opportunity to go back to my roots and, and my roots to me again, are that just like geeky computer programming stuff. And the timing could not have been better because it was this new type of AI that had just been invented called deep learning. And, mm. So I, I started digging into that and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. We've, we've been reading about AI in the news for 20, 30 years about how it's going to change the world. And this is the first time that the technology actually catches up with all the promises that, that we see on the news. And so I started looking at different businesses I could start. And then as coincidence would have it, my neighbor had a home invasion at that precise time. And... I was exposed because of that. that Congratulations, that man. That's fantastic. Well, uh, I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. Congratulations. It's like this uh, this epiphany of your career happened yeah, that's right. at, the, at the extreme demise of your neighbor. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's okay. He's okay. Um, okay good. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 it was unfortunate circumstances, um, but, but it's, those, it's those extreme type of circumstances that force you to really think about things. Sure. And, you know, I mean, I, I own a home. I had just moved into this neighborhood maybe – two or three years prior to that. And so I'd installed an alarm, I'd installed cameras. In fact, our, our whole neighborhood has these very expensive camera systems that are like between you know, three and, and five, $10,000. They're very, very expensive. And, and so the fact that this happened, even though she had an alarm and had cameras, my, my aha moment happened when, you know, we pulled together the neighborhood watch, we invite the local police officer to come and he tells us, you know, this happened. And I, being the glorious technologist that I am, raised my hand and said, hey, she has an alarm. She has cameras. How come that didn't stop it? And the cop looks me in the eye, just turns and like dead stares me in the eyes and said, well, you're the technologist. What the hell did you expect the cameras of the alarm to do? The alarm wasn't armed. And what did you want the cameras to do? Jump out and stop this from happening. Mm. And that was that was this moment where I just realized that I had been lulled by all the marketing and, and, and just kind of general expectations of home ownership. And that's one of the things that you do and it protects you. And I realized, holy smokes, uh, it doesn't. It, here this person has the best of the best and the worst of the worst happened to her. Um, again, thank, thank goodness she's, she's you know safe and, and recovered, but very, very serious situation. So I started trying to figure out how could I actually solve that problem? How could I have prevented that? How could I have, have, instead of having this video where she has five minutes of these guys outside of her house preparing to break in and then ultimately going inside and then coming out like an hour or two later, you, all you have pictures of, of guys masked. So I didn't do anything with that. The police couldn't do anything with it. 
and it made me feel really helpless. And I, and I came to realize that if only we could have prevented it earlier, if only we could have used those same cameras, but instead of it being a dumb recording device, turn it into a, a true crime prevention, actually deliver on the promise of stopping crimes. So that was, that was really the impetus for starting this company. The company's called Deep Sentinel, and that's what we do. We intervene in crimes really early in the cycle, and 99.9% .9 of the time, we stop them before anything bad happens. Wow. So, so what, okay. So you're, you, what we're talking about here is, I mean, traditional, we, I think most people at this point understand the traditional home security, right? It's a, it's the keypad on the wall. It's the, the alarm system. It's the, even the, you know, the window sensors, the video cameras, the whole bit. I think we get it. And you can even simply safe this thing to death by just installing <laughs> yep. all this stuff wireless but yourself you know because you're smart and you know where to put things and so <laughs> like all of a sudden we again we we feel very much like we've done something here so that's exactly how i felt right up until i realized that it was the wrong something sure that is 100 percent right yeah so I'm, i guess i guess i've got kind of a twofold question we'll start here where where is the breakdown in that how, how does that not wind up keeping you safe like you think it's supposed to? I mean, she did everything she thought that she was supposed to do, and yet still the worst thing happened. So where is the breakdown, and why is that traditionally not working today? So I, I can answer that in two kind of chunks. The first chunk is let's look at the alarm system, the sensors, the door sensors, the window sensors, the keypad, and what happens when that goes off. Well, when that, when that goes off, that signal gets routed to a call center and that call center then calls you or your sister or your, your, your best friend and then calls the police. And, and, and then the police are supposed to come. What I didn't realize was that when they call the police, what they do is they call the police and they say, Hey, I have an open door at one, two, three main street. And again, kind of put yourself in the shoes of a police officer all right, cool. I thought I signed up to go stop crimes, but apparently I respond to open door calls. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that that's exactly the problem. 98% of calls to police departments from alarm companies are false alarms. 98% mm -hmm. of them are false alarms. Wow. Right. I mean, that, that Imagine you pick up astounding. the phone and call yeah. 911. They, they yell at you for calling false alarm. If you call one time, call 911 and, and do a false alarm. But alarm companies have somehow finagled their way into this where they get away with it at 98%. The Department of Justice has done studies about this, the guys at Freakonomics, and what it results in is police don't want to respond. So they've passed laws that state that police departments do not have to respond to burglar alarms, period, full stop. So they, they literally just don't have to respond at all? In most, most Americans live in a city where the, the city council and the police department have gotten together and said, we just don't, we're not required to respond. If we can, maybe we will. Sometimes we will. But in general, it's taking us away from real calls, right? Like there could be somebody that's actually hurt. There could be somebody that, that is needing assistance. And even if they respond to a false alarm, you're, you're putting in, and we've seen this, especially in the last couple of years, you're putting an officer and potentially the wrong citizens in harm's way, mm. right? You, you could be sending a, a an armed officer who has a weapon drawn to a home where the only people there are you and your kids. You don't want that either. Just no. because your your garage door blew open at two o'clock in the morning. Right. That's not why I bought this system, right? So that's number one. 
um, is that it doesn't deliver the promise on the alarm side just be, because it's it's not functional. And it turns out those open door sensor technology, that's like 30 year old technology. And certainly okay. in the 80s, it was sweet. But I mean, it's not the 80s anymore. Cameras on kind of a, a problem on the other end. They, they don't do anything proactively necessarily. So unless you're sitting there looking at every alert on your phone, which I promise you, A, you, you, you aren't doing, and B, if you are, you're crazy. Um, and, and so what cops have there is if you go to the detective and you say, show me your drawer, they'll have this drawer full of USB sticks from families that have been burglarized, had their package stolen, had their car burglarized, had their catalytic converter stolen, had their shed broken into, had their car rummaged through, all these different things that they didn't find out until a day later or three days later when somebody posts on social media and says, hey, my car got broken into, did yours? Oh my gosh, I went and looked back. And then they post it on the internet and they say, this guy got caught. They didn't get caught. Their thumb drive got stuck in a drawer and thrown away. And, and so again, you just don't have prevention. You don't have crimes actually stopping. You have recordings of people committing crimes. In fact, it's gotten so bad that like video doorbells, burglars, if they know you have a video doorbell, they won't avoid it anymore. They'll go up to it and ring it not once, not twice, three times, four times, five times to make sure you're not there and you're not paying attention. Because if they ring your video doorbell three times and you don't respond, that's like that's like signing over a short-term lease for your house to this guy. Like I, I can just move in, hang out, take as much of your stuff out, park my car in your garage, and you're not even paying attention. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I haven't thought of it that way, but the reality of it is, I mean, because here's the problem, right? I mean, for most people – they do not go in and deactivate notifications on their phone. For, yep. I mean, they, they get pissed off at them, and they're like, look, I don't want that notification. I don't want that notification. I don't want that notification. Or they want it less, and they don't go, they don't go change it, so they just get all these notifications, and they, they, they look at two of them, right? They look at text message notifications, and they look at Facebook notifications. <laughs> that's, that's it, right? If it's a not notification man. other than that, like it does not matter. And now I, I'm, I mean, the, the really angry ones look at Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And both of them are really angry. That's right. <laughs> uh, but so like we, we have a, uh, we have, we have a, a door system, like, like a lock system at our, at our house where uh, when, when someone unlocks or locks the door, then yep. I get a notification on my phone, okay? Now, I will tell you this. I notice every single time because it comes through on my watch as well, but almost every time I justify it. Almost yep. every time I justify it going, my wife's at home, she just let the dog out or something of that nature. You ignore it. Right, I, I do. I, I mean, I notice it, but I ignore it. I don't, every time my, my door opens... I don't call my wife and go, did you just walk out the door? Like, she would divorce me <laughs> if that happened, right? I'm like, stop calling. I just turned the freaking notification off by now, right? And that's part of the issue because people aren't looking at their notifications. And so they, they buy this sweet ring doorbell or, you know, whatever it is that, that ties into their Simply Safe. And they never, they never look at it. They don't care. 
right? Well, I mean, that, that, what you're saying is 100% right, right? I mean, in, in, in the data statistics world, we call that signal to noise ratio. And when your signal to noise ratio is so bad like that, just like what the police are dealing with, when 98% of the calls are false alarms, you continue to feel good maybe about it, but you don't make that cognitive connection that, hey, the right thing's not happening here. Yeah, and, and, and to your point, David, like when you're when you're saying like even with the cameras and everything else that like, the, you know, the, the USB sticks just get thrown in the drawer. I mean, like I'm beginning to see this more and more as as people become frustrated with becoming victims of, of burglary and vandalism because you'll see them post their videos on social media into like different groups and be like, hey, just, you know, be on the lookout because this person's out doing this, that, and the other to different homes in our neighborhood. And if you know this person, be sure and let everybody know who it is. And, you know, everyone hates it, but no one narks. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it, I, I've, I've rarely seen an instance where that actually has any result in, in finding the person or getting them yep. caught or deterring I mean, them. Every once again. in a while you'll get a license plate or like they'll post a, a face of somebody that the police already know. Yeah. But it's, it's very rare. And, and, and I think the problem with very rare too is that we're looking like at a neighborhood. As much as I love my neighbors, I don't care about my neighborhood. What I care about is my house and my property and yeah. my kids and my wife. Right. And statistics Okay, so 10% of them get caught. I don't care about 10%. What I care about is 100% of those three individuals and myself too, every once in a while. But, but <laughs> that was, again, just that, that was a part of this, this eye-opening moment for me that there has to be something better. And um, you know, one of the things that I found that, that, that could tick off some of the, the listeners here is you know, who has it better is rich people. Like super, super wealthy people have guards <laughs> yeah. outside their house all day long. Physical and they don't people have on problem. the property, right? Yeah. 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 They don't have this problem. They, they, because they are able to intervene when somebody walks up, they intervene within a couple of seconds. If there is a problem, they do call the police and the police respond immediately because you're like, hey, I've got this, I've got this guy standing here who won't leave and he's harassing us. Oh, cool. That, that's a call that a cop can respond to. They know what they're getting into. They're getting a description of the suspect. They know they can prioritize it. So if, if they have a more important call, they can go to that. But if they don't, they know to respond to this. And and guaranteed they're going to go to that before they get a call for an open door or an open window. Yeah, I mean, you, you wind up you're, – you're talking about this drawer full of things. Like there there comes a point which these these police stations, I mean, they, don't, they don't care about the drawer anymore, right? They can't sort through no. all of those things. There's no, no way – there's no way for them to really seek justice on those things. And so it's, you know, it's kind of one of those deals where, where you, you have a situation to where it's like, there is, there is only one way out of this and I need you to take care of it. And this person is going, well, I don't, I got a lot of other things that are in front of you. A lot of things that are more yep. important to you, like on the way to come to your house to check out that little video camera system that you had. I yep. pat, you know, I had to stop at three wrecks, and yep. there were, you know, there was a an actual crime being committed somewhere. And, and honestly, and you want me to see if yeah. I can find this white guy that's five foot eight, yeah. wearing a black hoodie. Yeah. Good luck on it. Right, like I yeah. got it. I right. I've got my mission. I will be right back. Oh, you want me to get out of my vehicle and chase them? 
I mean, no, no offense. My my brother in law is a cop, and he's probably one of the ones that would get out and chase. But like, seriously, I, I just it's you, not. I mean, you, you have no identifying traits. There's no way to know for sure what this is. It's just a waste. Honestly, it's a waste of time. And and as a taxpayer, uh, you know, as a friend, you can realize, gosh, we're setting up my friends for for failure. And as a taxpayer, you say, oh, do I really want to spend my tax money? on having officers chase down these super low quality leads with a low probability of any sort of success. And, and at the same time, you know, expose themselves to risk and danger and not make society better. And so, you know, in, in all different possible ways, my realization was that your initial question, you know, tell me why this doesn't work. The, the answer is everything. Everything that, that possibly could be wrong with our current system is wrong. And, and, but the good news is we can fix it, right? I mean, that, and that's why I started the company was I realized that there was a way to fix this, but it's, it's so broken. I mean, I, I'm at the point where I use my alarm only to tell if we left the doors or windows open at night because I want to have my doors and windows closed and locked. Um, but I, I don't want my police department to respond to that. I don't want to put my family in danger. I don't want to, I don't want to use it for what I thought it was going to be used for when I bought it. Yeah. And so you, all of a sudden you've got a lot of equipment that really holds very little value to you, even though yep. you bought it to protect all of the things that are most valuable to you. And on top of that, you know, let's talk to our friend Micah here who goes, Oh, it's just one more thing that's connected to the internet. Right. Yeah. Just one more reason for someone to hack into your house. One more reason for someone to, you know, to do to steal your identity, right? It's just one more opportunity, especially these wireless ones, these home, you know, do-it-yourself, you know, systems. Um, they're not hardwired to anything. Um, I, I just, I, I agree. I see that there's a lot of things here that are roadblocks in actually doing what that thing said it was supposed to do. So in steps... David here, and you go, my neighbor just got screwed. I'm not okay with it, and I'm going to fix it. So where did that journey begin with you? Yeah, so so again, I, I looked at wealthy. I, I looked at who doesn't have this problem, right? So I looked at some of, some of the wealthy folks and how they solved the problem. My local PD pointed me in, into the, the direction of some ways that they would love it to be solved, which, again, looks like the stuff that, that super wealthy people have which is have a guard or maybe have a guard in a neighborhood, watch the cameras for their, you know, five neighbors or something like that. And all of them were so cost prohibitive, just, I mean, literally starting at thousands of dollars a month. Uh, so it's so fundamentally cost prohibitive. Yeah. And that was when I realized from a technology perspective, I, I started watching these guards. I watched what they were doing. Um, you know, not surprising, it was a lot of uh, what was the bubble bash, right? <laughs> and and sleeping on the job. Oh yeah. And I realized, holy smokes, ninety percent of their time is wasted. They're just sitting there doing nothing. And then when they are looking at stuff, most of the things they're looking at are like the alerts you get on your phone. They're just they're not that useful. And so I realized that this deep learning AI technology that I've been looking at could make that effective and cost effective meaning that the AI could be the one doing most of the monitoring of the cameras. And then the AI could then point the guards only to the right cameras at the right time. And then if we combine that with really good two-way audio training and then some little magic AI in the back, background, I could make it so that 
guards were intervening in potential crimes within seconds. And that's, that's what Deep Sentinel does. So if you, if you come to my house um, within about three seconds of entering my property, my cameras are running, the AI is streaming it. For, it's identified that there's a person that's entered my property. The AI has already filtered that out and identified that. And it's sending it to a guard within 10 seconds. If you're doing something suspicious, that guard is speaking out at you over a hundred decibel speakers saying, excuse me, could you please stop what you're doing? I need you to leave the property. I need you to identify yourself. If you're unable to do that, it will escalate the situation and ultimately call the police. And what we've found is that by, by being so incredibly quick, again, total of 10 to 15 seconds usually between entering the property and then getting an intervention from a guard, uh, that fundamentally changes the equation for these criminals. And 99% of them, the, the wild majority of them, look up at the camera in astonishment and run away. And, uh, and, and I remember the very first time we got Deep Sentinel kind of working, we built a couple prototypes, and it was this most rewarding moment where we you know, spent lots of money and lots of time with this thesis that if we do this and we do it early, we're going to be able to stop crime. And that first time was just like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? It really worked. That's amazing. And now I wake up every single morning to between 25, 30, sometimes 35 crimes that we stopped last night. Wow. Um, and, awesome. and so it, it's, it's getting to the point that it's, it's very repeatable. Um, we figured out that combination of technology and, and humans together so that we're able to stop everything from package theft and the, the, the simple stuff to the more serious stuff. We've stopped assaults. We've stopped uh, a physical battery um, and, uh, and everything in between. What, so, what, what do you think it is about that? I mean, I, from what I'm gathering, what you're saying, it's like it's a voice coming out of the camera that's saying like, hey, what are you doing on this property? Identify yourself. What, what, yep. what do you think it is about that that's different from, you know, just like the incessant blaring of a horn that deters them more? Yeah, so, so that's, a, that's a great point. We do, we do use a horn and an alarm sometimes. We use sirens sometimes as part of the mix. What we've realized is two things. Um, one is that the majority of criminals don't want to get caught. I'm not, not, not surprising. Whether you think they're smart or they're not so smart, they don't want to get caught. Like getting caught is not the goal here. And that the difference between hearing a siren it, it is more like hearing a car alarm go off. I didn't get caught. It's just some annoying sound here. Whereas when you, when you hear, hey, this is from Deep Sentinel 30, I see you there. Can you please, uh, can you please tell me what you're doing? Um, and, and, you know, most of the time they, they believe that's a person. Sometimes we hear, oh, you're a robot. Screw you. I'm going to continue. And you say, actually, miss, I'm not a robot. If you could please look up at the camera and identify yourself, I need, I need some identification immediately. Uh, and, and that's kind of the dimension that we found was that if we make it increasingly personal, hey, hey, you, mister with the silly looking black hoodie, I, I see you. Um, no, I, I saw you hide behind the trash can. I still know that you're there. Just because I can't see you on the camera right now, I watched you walk behind the can the, the trash can, idiot. I'm gonna call the cops. And it, I mean, and that's literally. I'm, I'm kind of joking a little bit, but that's literally kind of how it goes, right? I mean, yeah. you you make it a little personal. Maybe you can use humor sometimes, as as ridiculous as that may seem in crime prevention. Um, we had some guy. What was it? He said, he said I'm a banana. Uh, so we, we said, hey, uh, can you identify yourself? We need you off this property. He said, I am a banana. 
And we said, okay, Mr. Banana, I am an orange. And I need you, Mr. Banana, to leave. And he's like, banana, banana, out. And he walked away. You know, and, and it, it, there's a bunch of psychology involved there. But again, at the end of the day, most people don't want huge conflict and to get caught for, for whatever right. it is that they're doing. They would rather just go next door, go home, try again another time, but not continue on with what it is that I'm doing where I'm going to get caught. Yeah, because the whole problem there is getting seen, right? They the, Their whole goal is to not be seen. And so a, a horn, I, I, I'm just I'm thinking out loud here. I'm thinking a horn, that's auditory. That's not visual. And so they're still going, yeah, but you still can't see me. And as long as I get away before someone hears the siren, decides to just go, oh, it's like that car alarm, right? In the mall parking lot. That's, it. That's exactly right. I mean, Kevin, that, that, you, you nailed it, right? I mean, what we do when we call the police, right? So we, we had one situation where we had this guy, he shows up, he, he doesn't have a shirt on, he, he's uh, covered in tattoos. And he starts banging on the door really loud at one of our customers. And we intervene, we call the customer, he's like, oh my gosh, that's, that's someone I know, I'm really scared, I'm inside, I am armed, and I need him to go away. And, and, and when that translated, right? So we, we communicated with him. We were able to describe him. And what happened next is really what these criminals are afraid of. We then called the police and said, I have a white male, five foot eight, no shirt on, covered in tattoos at this address. And I have an armed individual on the inside who is the homeowner. And they're scared for their lives. Hmm. The guy with the tattoos was in handcuffs in two minutes and 15 seconds. Wow. wow! Two minutes and 50 seconds. And, because, and that's because when we called the police, when we described the crime, we described the individual, we described his location, that's a call that every cop that you know, your brother can get in his car and accomplish his mission, why he became a cop in, immediately because he has all the information he needs to be successful and deliver on serving and protecting. And, and a big part of that is that description of the suspect. And criminals know that if I if I can just disappear right now, I'm gone. There are tons of tattooed you know guys without a shirt on. But if it's right now, it's within 15 seconds. It's within two minutes. There's only one, and you're going to be in handcuffs, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, going back to that that mall parking lot thing. I mean, it's like you hear the you hear the alarm, and it's just that annoying person that pressed the wrong button. Right, they press the wrong button, and now their right. alarm's going off. Right, what are you a moron? How many They're times? They're in Cheesecake you Factory having a ball, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, and everybody's going, "Is that your car? No, is it your car? No, it's not my car. My sound, my car sounds different than that. Mine's a Mercedes sound. That sounds different than the BMW sound. No, they're all the same. But if you could literally say, "No, I saw someone that looked like this walking away from that car, and now it's blaring," that changes things. Yep, it literally right. changes things, right? I mean, it, I don't know if you remember this. I remember <laughs> um, I was walking, you know, West Texas, little town West Texas is where I grew up. Uh, you, your town was a little bit bigger than mine. And um, I, <laughs> I, went to, uh, I went to the big city, uh, went to Lubbock, Texas, and um, we were walking through a parking lot, and there was, uh, there was a sports car. I don't even remember what it was. I, was. I was a young kid, so it was a sports car, and it said – Please step away from the vehicle. And I was like, what the heck? 
And I remember walking back over to it and it said, please step away from the vehicle or I will call the police. And I started running because what was it black and it had red lights that went around the edges and it <laughs> self-identified as kit yeah, as kit yeah no yeah no it wasn't but it was the weirdest thing like they I, I don't know if you remember but for a little while there were these alarm companies for uh cars that in these high-end yep. cars they were putting voice activated stuff in there saying things to get people to walk away and i think it was a lot different for those vehicles than ones that just have these brake sensors on them and yeah. so I, I hear what you're saying. So are you are you telling me that – okay, so Deep Sentinel has some sort of a, a hub where there are literally people watching cameras, <clears throat> and as soon as something crazy happens, it pops up on their screen. They can get on the microphone and literally see these people and talk to them, and that's, that is not AI. That's real people talking through – through the alarm system. Is that what I'm hearing? That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we have a combination. What, what we've done is we've combined AI and, and humans, but we have guards um, all, all around the U.S. Um, and, and around the world to make sure we can cover 24-7. And we uh, we will get a your video. If there's something suspicious happening, it will get to that guard in under 10 seconds. Wow. And they're able to respond immediately. Um, they have a special console that's designed to kind of help them walk through what are the different types of interventions? How do I how do I respond to this? How do I get a hold of police quickly? Um, what are what are the people that normally go through this property, for example? Just make sure that we're not intervening on the wrong people. Just all kinds of information. So, literally, again, in seconds, they're fully informed on the situation. That's the job of the AI. The AI filters events, but then also informs the guards of the situation, and then uh, and then they're able to respond. And that way, when we call the police, same thing, right? It's not an automated call to the police. It's not a fully uninformed call to the police. Hi, this is Denise from ADT again. I have that window open again. Yeah. Do you want to respond? No, you still don't. Okay. Yeah. It, it, again, it's it's just a it's a fundamentally different thing. We 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 are amped up, frankly, when we call the police because it's a real situation. We have a we have a full description of the suspect, full description of any history, full description of the location, the crime. And we are able to really request a response from from first responders. Um, you know, along those same lines, having people also allow us to do things like we have uh, a whole series of people that this past winter they had bad storms. We had slip falls all the time. People that walked out on their front porch slipped, fell, hurt their hip. We had a woman who broke her hip, and we were able to call paramedics for that. And and it's just it, it's. Again, it's, it's kind of what you would think about. I like to describe this to my guards when I'm training them. What would you want your best next door neighbor to do if they saw this same thing? Mm. And that's really what we're able to deliver. And by using the AI, we make it much more effective and, and much more cost effective to the point where Deep Sentinel costs about like what a, a, a mobile phone plan costs. Okay. So, oh, wow. so I, I definitely want to get there. Yeah, I, but I got a couple of questions first because that yeah, yeah. price is super important with well, all of and this. And it's all about Kevin, David, so. What is? <laughs> if you hadn't figured that out yet. Everything is the answer yeah. to your question. Everything. Yeah. Every, I don't, I don't, this is not a question. I don't know what we're, why, why are we still talking about this? <laughs> I don't um, know why I'm here. Yeah, exactly. Carry on, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> well, you are wearing a Texas A&M jacket. So. Anyway, um, so, uh, so when, when you see all of this, 
like what I, I understand all of the functionality or at least a lot of the functionality based on how that's different, uh, how what y'all are doing is different versus the traditional ADT or whatever, right? Um, how does the setup differ? Like you, you mentioned the sensors, you mentioned, you said they're, they're not very good sensors and they're, you know, are you, what kind of cameras, where are you placing the cameras? How many of them are there? Is there a keypad? How do I disarm this thing? Can you just give me the functionality of it all? Yeah, sure. That's that's a great question, right? So, so how, how does this kind of manifest itself? So at the center of everything we do is cameras. Everything we do is vision-based. Um, we don't have any sensors that we integrate with other than cameras right now. Um, the cameras that we work with, we have our own cameras, and then we have we also support third-party cameras. Um, we're, we're pretty broad on that front. We do... We have a DIY kit for people who want to install their own wireless cameras. We also have uh, professional installers all across the country, and they'll do either wireless or wired cameras. Um, but at the center of that is, <clears throat> sorry, is a, is a camera system. Um, I'll, I'll answer a little bit more about our own wireless cameras because those are kind of a little bit of our, our, our bread and butter. That's where we came from. We built our own cameras first, and those are... Um, I'll show it here for those of you that are watching live, but I'll describe it to the folks that are just listening on the podcast. Those are a, a, a traditional wireless camera. There's no wires connected to it. It has a battery that lasts about two and a half or three months. It's got a 104 decibel speaker. It's got red LED light rings. It's designed to look a little bit uh, in, uh, intimidating. It's not you know, a, a soft looking blend into the background type camera. It's got uh, a red ring at the top, which is around the speaker, and then it has a second ring, which is the, the camera and the sensors. And um, and this would go, on my home, I have uh, maybe around 10 of them. Uh, the average home has about three. I'm, I'm the CEO of the company, right? So I have to have a couple of extras just <laughs> yeah. as I am, right? Like uh, <laughs> in, in my smaller world, I'm kind of like Kevin, right? That's kind of the way that I like I like to look at it. Um, and, and, uh, so <laughs> most people have one on the front door, the back door, and then like the garage, that would be an average homeowner. We also protect businesses and warehouses where we have 25 to 50 cameras, hundred cameras in certain instances. Um, so it really depends on the particular application. But since we launched three years ago, we've really broadened to be able to service, uh, you know, what you said is, is, uh, do you want to DIY it or did you want to, did you want to have somebody come and do it? We, we really can serve it to both ends of that spectrum now. Okay, cool. So, um, you don't normally have cameras on the interior of the home, just primarily on the exterior. Great, great question. Yeah. So for, um, homes, we do not do any interior cameras. These are monitored. Uh, so you now you're, you've got the inside of your house and you're walking around in your underwear. Usually that's okay. Or if you've got you know, regular dumb cameras. But like I said, if the AI triggers, that's going to be, you know, you're in your underwear in front of some poor guard. And I feel bad for the guard having to watch that. Right. Yeah. So seriously. one of our rules for residential is we don't, uh, we don't do any interior for residential for our, our business customers. We do a lot of interior cameras, but for residential, we don't. Okay. And, and the other reason is we want to be able to prevent stuff. We want to catch people as soon as they're coming into the property and prevent them from, from coming in. One of the stats that I didn't uh, I didn't share with you earlier, but anecdotally, my neighbor, when they had the home invasion, the people had prepped outside for, I want to say, like five minutes. And so you really do generally have a lot of time 
to prevent these more serious break-ins where they're looking around, they're scoping out the property. There's a lot of activity happening outside. And that's really where we're going to be the most effective because we're going to prevent any damage, any threat to life or limb. And, and that's where we want to focus our energy. Sure. So <clears throat> I guess moving forward a little bit to the price question. Um, so basic, let, let's say just kind of top of the line. I want the, I want the full system. Let's go with three cameras. I'm going to have them, um, you know, the wireless ones because these are retrofitted. Um, sure. I'm having them professionally installed though to get set up with you guys. Um, cause it sounds like there is no real keypad or anything. It's not like I'm having to come in and just, yeah, sorry to answer that question. There's no keypad. There's a smart app. We, we built our own app. It has all the AI and all the features integrated into it. It's got a bunch of privacy, different privacy settings. Cause a lot of people are sensitive about privacy because this is a different type of camera, right? It's not, again, not just a normal camera. Right. So we have a ton of privacy information in there. Um, the, the three camera kit comes with three cameras. We ship with an extra battery to make sure people don't have to be kind of bringing their cameras down and charging them. I don't like that use case. I want people to always be protected. Sure. So we ship with an extra battery. And then the, the key to this whole system is it ships with an AI hub. So we actually run all of our artificial intelligence inside of your home. Okay. And the, so the hub that we ship with has a built-in charger, but, but more importantly, it has this special set of AI chips in it. So everything's happening incredibly quickly. It's happening in real time. Um, and that also sits inside of your house. That runs for, for that kit runs about 700 to $800 and installation is usually between 50 and $150. Now where we're different from these other folks is we do have a monthly fee um, that for that kit starts out a, a, like a, around a, again, an expensive wireless plan. It's about $200. And I know a lot of listeners are gonna say, oh geez, I, I only pay $15 for Simply Safe. Uh, or $20 or whatever it is. Um, th again, the, the difference really is, yes, I do understand that's more expensive. And yes, I know that's not affordable by every single family in America. And I wish to God I could make it affordable by every family. I, we are a mission-driven organization and I work my tail off to get this to be as affordable as possible. But you have to remember every single time something even a little bit suspicious happens, I have to pay someone to sit and watch every single one of those events. And that happens 10, 15, 20, 40, 50 times a day. Um, and so you're getting real protection for those dollars. And again, I, I don't wanna be dismissive towards folks that, that think that isn't affordable, um, but it is it is for that level of protection, let me tell you, it is a game changer. Um, yeah, there's would, nothing uh, out there that can deliver that. I mean, I would, I would just hearing those prices, first of all, you, you heard me kind of say, wow, whenever you're talking about the, uh, kind of the basic kit and the install uh, that's way more affordable than than more than most of the systems out there if you're if you're trying to go with the sensor route and you're getting the cameras and getting i mean you could easily spend 2500 bucks or more yeah. just on the equipment and the install of that equipment into a house so that part is is in my opinion not only reasonable that's probably mm -hmm. inexpensive most likely um but you mentioned it earlier, and so I want to circle back to that. You said that there are people that, you know, the these rich people who are mm -hmm. the most protected because they've got yep. people in their yards, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. at the gate, making sure that people don't come in. They're, they're paying them thousands of dollars a month to, to, to oh, do Oh, man. That. I mean, I, the numbers are going to actually make you kind of do your stomach. Um, 
the starting price to have a guard 24 seven at your house is about 120 to $140,000 a year. Wow. And, but when you think about it, right, I mean, you're paying someone 15 to 20 bucks an hour to sit there. You have to have three and a half people to cover 24 yeah. seven. You know, that's, that's how you end up there. But I mean, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so, yes, in general, what we're, the, the, the people that we're selling to are, are people that uh, really understand that maybe $50 it, 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 we're not going to get to the $50 price point, but this isn't something that's comparable to something that costs 50 bucks a month, like ADT. This is a whole nother level of protection. And, uh, Make an announcement. It, <laughs> I love that we're on a live, uh, home DIY technology show. There's my, uh, there's my Alexa right there. <laughs> Let me unplug that right now. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, It it wouldn't be the first homeowner show that's interrupted by Amazon. (laughs) No. Or dogs. That's right. Or children. Or You know know the very first and best Alexa thing ever, right? Was I think it was like five Christmases ago, right? When Alexa came out, the little girl that ordered the Barbie house. Mm. Do you you guys know that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she orders the Barbie house, and then she makes nationwide news. And the funniest thing happened... Um, and, th- and this is not fully confirmed. It's, it's not official news, but I, I may or may not have worked with some of these people at Amazon at some point. <laughs> apparently, when that news story went out, what happened was the news said, yes. And then this little girl said, Alexa, buy the Barbie dream house. And they said that really loud in the news story. And literally millions of orders for Barbie dream house <laughs> happened between six o'clock and 9 PM. That night. <laughs> and that, it's like one of the most amazing Alexa experiences. in this Sold out. That's what it said. Whenever you went, you yeah. said sold out. <laughs> this Barbie Back dream house for is four really years. popular. Yeah. <laughs> well, like this, like relating this back to like, Home security, David. I, I actually had a, a police officer friend of mine uh, not not too long ago tell me like, "Hey, do you do you integrate your your smart locks in your home with your Alexa or your Google devices?" And I was like, well, "Yeah, of course." He's like, "Dude, turn that off immediately." And I'm like, "Why?" Yeah, because dude, every, turn every, that off immediately. Every thief in the world knows to walk to every front door and say, "Alexa, unlock the front door." Right. Yep. Oh. And, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, how did I not think of that? Like, yeah, yeah of course they can. He- here's yeah. it. Yeah. Alexa, you- unlock the front door. Alexa, disarm the alarm. Uh, That's yes. right. Yeah, I mean, if you're you- welcome. The only dip- <laughs> the only way that really works is if you have, like, an Apple TV, because no one's walking up saying, Siri, close. You know, <laughs> nobody. No, everybody knows how bad the Apple hub is. Nobody's even tried that. That actually might be the most secure thing you could do for your house. Right there. There you go. <laughs> so, I'm just saying. Uh, well, okay, so I look, so you're telling me 100 let's let's say you got some, you know, cheap fat guard right he's a hundred thousand dollars for the uh for the year and why do you have to be fat because he's terrible okay all the terrible ones are fat all right so um <laughs> he's horrible and neither one of us are jumping on this bus with you by the way but that's go ahead. fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fine i'm i'm comfortable and so 
he he's horrible. And and we're talking about twenty four hundred bucks. And it had to be a he. It, well, okay. <laughs> he was white too. All right. Um. So did he have a beard? He did. He real. did. He, oh. Yeah. Uh, well, of course he had a beard. He was too lazy to shave. What are you talking about? Like, so, this guy's this guy's lazy. He's only worth a hundred thousand, right? I like this but, narrative. Okay, carry on. So it's but, all Kevin's. But we're 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 talking about twenty four hundred bucks here, and and we're, and yep. we're talking about the same or better possibly because the guy's not falling asleep at the wheel. Well, let, let me tell you my better story because what you just said is exactly right. The other thing that really sold me on this as I was doing research was I remember I, I was like researching guards and I was watching them and I was kind of shadowing them as an entrepreneur. That's one of the things I like to do is just like really kind of get into the weeds of what is it that you're going to be doing in the future. And, and I was researching one night and I saw this video of a zoo and there was a guard who was supposed to be guarding the gate and he had, he's kind of slumped over and he's fallen asleep. And the video is obviously from like a CCTV system. So there's a CCTV system, guard slumped over, gate slightly open and none other than an elephant walks up to the guard and through the gate. Oh and no. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you really can't make this up. You guys can Google it's like an elephant walks out of the gate. An elephant. And and, and, and just one more thing. An elephant. Like, yes, our system's better than a real guard in a lot of ways too. And that's one of them. Yeah. Like we monitor our guards. We have all these metrics we track on them in real time to make sure that things like that aren't happening. What was what was really ridiculous about this particular story was that CCTV system was also being monitored, and the guy that was supposed to be monitoring the CCTV system watching the guard that was sleeping was also asleep. <laughs> you can't make that up, man. You, uh, yes, that's exactly. Like, are you I, kidding me? I really and, need just one footage. more time, like an <laughs> elephant, right? Like just and, and and so I realized not only we're we going to be able to do this for wildly cheaper than those hundreds of thousands of dollars, we're going to be able to do way better, right? I mean. Data is my my thing. That's my shtick. And you can use data to to make sure that you're delivering really high quality. That's where companies like Amazon and Apple and Google, that's where they come from. And uh, that's our goal is to kind of replicate that part. Just an elephant. I just want <laughs> an elephant. It's amazing. That's amazing. D David, yeah. so so with your system, I mean, like, you know, I we, we we keep going back to the the person in the booth i think that's gonna you know, like actually be speaking to these perpetrators and things like so what part of your system is actually ai yeah so so the ai the camera immediately streams to the ai within about less than half a second it's about 250 milliseconds and the ai starts analyzing every frame of the video to check to see is there a person is this a person that i recognize is this a flag moving in the wind? Is it a dog? What's the situation? And the AI does two things with that. One is it filters out the stuff that's that's not suspicious. And then number two is it, it presents to the guard. So in our special console, um, the AI also kind of communicates directly with the guard to say, I'd really like you to look at these three things and here's why. And uh, mm. It, it's kind of weird kind of describing an AI as talking to a person, um, but, but that's that's kind of what it is. is, it, is it, it's doing the initial screening work and then saying, 
here are the things that need particular attention from you. And, and we're getting to the point where we're, we're actually starting to predict, here's what I think you should do about it. And so we'll not only show the guards, here's what I want you to look at, but here's what I want you to think about doing about it. Mm. Wow. Mm. That, that, that's next level, man. It feels next level, even yeah. though, I mean, you're telling me deep learning and it's been around for a little while. I mean, real, real quick, do, can you give me an example of something else at deep learning that someone might be aware of? Can you think oh of man, the, the, the two things that I think are the, the easiest, um, would be just recognizing faces. You mentioned facial recognition, the best facial recognition on, uh, on the planets now all run on various forms of deep learning. Um, and then another one would be like deep fakes, right? So where you've got people acting right. like Tom Cruise or uh, putting actors in, in different situations um, and, and swapping actors in movies. And so those are probably the two best ones. Filters on Snapchat and Instagram, those are, a lot of those are based on deep learning. And, and the way that I would kind of summarize it as it relates to security is that, yeah, deep learning has been around for five years, but just to kind of emphasize how incredibly impactful this is, uh, deep learning it, as it relates to security means that the AI that I'm able to run on that little hub in your house that you buy for 800 bucks, including the cameras, is more sophisticated than the AI that was running at the NSA in 2012. Wow. 10 years ago. That's how big a leap in technology this is. That's amazing. I, I, I really want to know how you know what the NSA had. Can we erase that part of the, uh, of <laughs> it's in yes. 2012. Um, and, and, so it's really... uh, <laughs> go ahead and open your door. Those are friends of mine that are visiting you right now. We'll be fine. Well, don't don't worry know, about it. Well, in, in, <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll, we'll pour him a drink. It'll be fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things I, I did want to ask you uh, about all of this is like I, I think you know I think the average homeowner right now has probably seen the movie Terminator, uh, knows what you know if I if I were to make a Skynet reference they would go okay yeah I know what you're talking about like and 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 I think a lot of homeowners if you even like bring up AI, you know it's it's something that you know probably evokes a certain emotion and is is AI something that homeowners should be concerned about, worried about. I mean, like, you know, obviously I'm talking to somebody who's using it, but like, you know, it's, it's, I think it's kind of a trigger word for a lot of people. Oh, it's a fair question. That That's a super fair question. Um, you know, and, and I think there are uses for AI that, that can, can like border on scary. And there's this, you, you said Skynet. Um, I think that's only for people that are our age though. So hopefully your listeners are, are, are you know, uh, in the, in that same age bracket there. But, um, you know, AI, the deep learning that we're talking about right now is is pretty contained. Yes, it, it seems kind of next level. One of the key things that we do, though, is we base our AI on modeling it after humans, meaning that we, tr we, we observe our guards, we track some data, and then we try to predict what the guards are supposed to do. And then, uh, and then we use that AI to help the guards. The, the best analogy I could give you is, if you've looked at like Tesla's autopilot, Tesla's autopilot does the same thing. It tries to predict what would a great driver do in the same situation. And then I'm going to do that. And then I'm, but I'm going to continue to get feedback from the humans and the humans are in control. I think that's a, that's a very fundamental decision that we made was that we want to make sure the humans are always in this 
know, and I live in Silicon Valley, and so I'm always asked by investors, couldn't you just get rid of the people? And my answer is no. The, the people are at the center and the heart of what this is, and, and that, I think, always should be the case, whether that's because people are going to be able to respond more effectively to unique situations from, uh, from other people that we haven't seen before, to humans are much better at interacting with police, obviously. Mm. There's all kinds of different reasons why I think that AI, when it's applied in this way, is, I, I understand the trigger, but it, it's very, very safe. And, and frankly, right, I mean, you don't have to listen to me. Listen to our customers. Go read our reviews on Amazon where people say, I, I have an active threat on me. I'm a judge and I haven't been able to sleep for the last three months. And I sleep well now knowing that I have Deep Sentinel. Wow. You know, that, yes, yes, there's AI. And let me ask you you can find really quickly. We have a YouTube station, Deep Sentinel YouTube station. We produce these videos every week. We did a holiday edition a couple weeks ago because a bunch of our customers went out and they wave to the cameras. You can do the special sim, uh, signal that, that pulls guards onto the camera. And they made us holiday cards. Like all of, all of our customers, like they made these really big two-foot-tall holiday cards. And they wrote, Happy Christmas, Deep Sentinel. Thank you for protecting our family. Thank you for making me feel safe in my home. And yes, AI can be scary, but I'm a super, super, super big believer in safety. We're a mission-driven organization, I believe. Everybody deserves to feel safe. I think that promotes, you know, everything from like just the, the, the basics of, of learning and, and being able to converse with your family and deal with your family to, you know, hyper political stuff where, you know, you have political parties that don't feel safe and they interact with each other yucky in a yucky way. Safety yeah. is such a fundamental thing. It's such a fundamental building block of society that, you know, as long as we're, we're being responsible and we're using it in this way, man, I, I'm all about it. Man, this sounds to me like just hearing you talk about this. I mean, you you've had a lot. Let's let's just put it black and white right here. You've had a lot of accomplishments in your life, right? You, you've Thank worked you. for you've worked for one of the the largest company in the in the world here with with Amazon. They're going to continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You you were on the ground roots of that grassroots. That's the word. That's uh, the, yeah. grassroots of that. Uh, you 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 know Redfin arguably one of the best if not you know right up there uh real estate um websites right super 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 powerful and it sounds to me like this might feel like one of your biggest accomplishments i don't know maybe maybe i'm i'm projecting that oh man just... this is it, that's an understatement this is my pride and joy i mean i like i said i, I i've got i got I, I we were talking before i've got two little girls i've got my family here um, when, when we as a family decided what my next venture was going to be, this company has so much meaning to my family. You know, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell a little bit of a, a, a personal story here. I, I came down from work, you know, during the pandemic, I'm, I'm in my house all day long. I'm in my office right now. I came downstairs and I was having a little bit of a bad day. And, uh, my 10 year old, she was nine at the time. She saw it. She said, Hey daddy, what's wrong? Uh, her name's Cecilia. And I said, you know, CC, I just, I had a, I had a bad day and uh, you know, business is, is kind of rough. And then the pandemic was kind of brutal on us. And she said, yeah, but, but daddy, did you, did you save anyone's life today? Mm. <laughs> I was like <laughs> perspective. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you to you. And, and, and that's why I say like, it is an understatement. It, it's, it's not uh, apocryphal in any way. I 
I love this company. I love what we do. We saw a vision of a, of a safer world and, and that's why we all work here. Um, and yes, it's a business and yes, we're, we, we strive to make money and yes, we're, we're, you know, selling things. Um, but at the end of the day, this, this, if we can move the needle on making people feel safer in their homes, just imagine a world, right? Like remove deep sentinel, remove my, my, my accomplishments or financial outcome and just say everyone in the world feels 20% safer. Yeah. And imagine that world for second and how we interact with each other differently when we see each other at the supermarket, how we interact differently when we, when we come to a head at a stop sign, how we interact differently if I drop something or accidentally bump into you uh, at the airport, right? Like just if everyone feels safer, everything and every interaction that we do changes. And that's to me, that is a, a, using Steve Jobs' term. That is the dent that I want to leave in the world. Man, that's huge. And and I'm I'm guessing here that you have. I, I I'm just I'm just kind of thinking. There's there's got to be ways that these camera systems are going to continue to get better and recognize things even more, like mood and like like other things that down the road I can imagine you going okay. There's so much more that this thing can do, like to even detect things in people that they don't even know about themselves. I mean, I know that's kind of weird and, and freaky for some people to think, but like on some level, there's there's got to be some things down the road that this thing isn't even doing yet. I'm just guessing. Absolutely, right? I mean, we're, we're already in market. We have thousands of customers, and I still spend 50% of my budget on R&D every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do, do the cameras themselves have to have a certain, I mean, because you, you talked earlier about you can you can actually retrofit some other cameras if they're not necessarily y'all's, but I mean, do they have to have like a minimum resolution in order for the AI to actually function? Yeah, so we we, um, we certify specific cameras. Um, the ones that we use that are third party are what are called power over ethernet cameras, POE. Yeah. Um, most of your listeners should, should be familiar with that. And that's just where you use a, a network cable and it delivers both data and um, power to the, to the camera. And in general, what we're looking at is 2K and above cameras okay. uh, that, that we support right now. Okay. And then on the, I mean, like one of the, I know one of the issues people around here at least deal with, I mean, we, we have a new internet company moving through that's providing, you know, better, better service than some previous companies. But like a lot of people around here complain about, you know, downed internet and things like that. I mean, is, is there sort of a, I, I would imagine your system operates off of an internet connection is, do they have like a backup cellular system or how, how does that work? That's a great question. So, so we use more bandwidth than fits on cellular right now. So, and this also goes to why the AI is in that hub in the home is we, we really protect the homes, uh, bandwidth. So if you have a, a nest system, for example, you know, Google really loves, that you share all of your personal moments with them. And so they download every <laughs> single second of your video in real time. Yep. And, and you can have like on, on great internet, you can have like a maximum of four cameras on your house and then you literally can't watch Netflix anymore. Yeah. And <laughs> so we, we, I mean, like end of the world, right? Talk about, I'm trying to make the world a better place. If people can't watch Netflix, right? Like yeah, we've, we've ruined everything. You're the you're devil done. at yeah. that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not worth, not worth living anymore. Where's the end? Um, <laughs> I'm out. So, so 
part of what we do though with this AI is the AI's job is to filter out the event so that if there's just a flag waving and there's there's just wind, we're not using up all your bandwidth for things like that. And so, uh, yes, we do have to have bandwidth, but we are by far and away the most efficient bandwidth uh, uh, bandwidth efficient camera system that that's on the market today. Wow, mm. that's great. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, uh, okay. So my last question, and, and Craig, maybe you got some more, but but mine is, what have we not asked? Like, what you're 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 so under you understand this thing so well. I mean, you developed it. So, what are something, if anything, that we haven't asked that you're going? I would really like people to know this. Um, you know, the the one thing, and this is not related to Deep Sentinel necessarily. It's it's gonna kind of go back to the AI question. Is that deep learning? Yes, it's transformative to security. I think we've harnessed that and we, we found kind of the future of what security is going to look like there. It's so much bigger than that. It's so much bigger than filters. Um, this last year, there was a type of deep learning called AlphaFold. It was, it was released by Google and it allows them to decode parts of the human genetics and, and genetics in general. Uh, I, I want to say on the order of 10 times better than what was available by the prior deep learning, which was 10 times better than the prior uh, methodology, meaning that we can start looking at the genes and not just saying, okay, we've identified these one or two genes that may predict this one type of cancer, but actually analyzing the entire uh, genome. And uh, there are game playing AIs. There are AIs like in your Tesla that will make driving safer. If you if you are scared of AI or you are not educated in it, it is something that I cannot encourage you enough to teach your kids about it, to learn about it. You don't have to go learn how to code, right? But but become educated about it. I, I think that this entire next generation of technology, the next 20 years are going to be defined by AI capabilities, and that's going to impact all of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what do you, are you familiar with? What's the, what's that law that says that technology, what is it? That, that technology. Doubles oh, the, the, the three laws of uh, robotics. Uh, um, uh, and, and this is Isaac Asimov, who was a, a science fiction writer. And uh, it's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that you, you, you can't ever harm a human and you can't ever do something that you, or you by action or inaction should not harm a human. Um, the second law is that the robot should always obey an instruction given to it by a human. And the third law is that a robot should avoid actions or situations that could cause it to harm itself. Um, those are the those are the three laws that this guy proposed, I want to say, like 75 or, or 80 years ago. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know that one. There's there's a different one that I'm thinking of that talks about, like, the, oh, sorry. the, the progress of technology, like that t- t- technology, <clears throat> like doubles it, yeah so is it is it every like well well Moore's law. Mean, what is it more it's called moore's law moore's law that, that that every law. yep that that um that it, it's it's specifically around uh transistors but that like technology basically doubles um every two or so years in terms that's, of its capabilities that's what it is. yeah I, and i i really feel like we're we're in we're in one of those moments like right now yeah. Specifically because everyone's being forced, you know, due, due to the pandemic and everything else that's been going on, everyone's been forced to engage with their technology. And so I think a lot of people like you who are, are probably getting a lot more feedback than, than they're, they're probably used to in the past. 
Well, and, and that's that's a great point, right? Like, um, if you guys didn't watch the the movie about, um, it wasn't the Social Network. That's the one about the starting of Facebook. But it's about the, um, it's on it's on Netflix. It's about the impact of these social networks and how they use our data against us. Oh, the documentary that, that's on there. What what is that? That's yeah, uh, I forget what that's called. Um, uh, I can hear him. He's gonna find yeah. it. He's gonna find it. <laughs> social yeah. dilemma. Social, social dilemma. dilemma. Yeah. Holy smokes, what an amazing, uh, amazing documentary. And it does such a good job of describing how, if AI is used incorrectly, it's not that it's out of control and it's crazy, it's that it's under the direction of individuals who have interests that are at odds with your health, period, yeah. full stop. Yep. And, and so that's why we have to be educated, right? So that we don't have senators asking Mark Zuckerberg stupid questions and making Mark Zuckerberg, you know, get away with with it. Uh, you don't have to pin him down and ask, you know, and, and, and harm Facebook. I'm not an anti-Facebook, but we should be able to have intelligent dialogue, right? Yeah. And and but your point was is that we're all engaging with technology. We're seeing it for what it is, and maybe some of us are saying that's amazing, and some of us are saying that's that's horrible. But, but again, kind of going back to this concept of safety, if we all feel safe and then we're all informed, man, that's a great world. Then you can have real dialogue, reach real conclusions. And I, I think that's, you know, in, in my very personal inside of this household, that's where we believe America becomes amazing, right? It's right. just that, that combination of facts and challenges. All right. So, so I got to know then, since you're, since you're a technologist, I, I got to know your initial reaction to the metaverse. Oh man. Um, so one of my best friends works at Facebook. He's pretty high up. And, um, uh, it's not that he shared it with us in real time and was streaming with us while Mark was announcing it internally, but I may or may not have been part of that meeting, even though I'm not part of Facebook. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, blah. Uh, you, you you can say no comment. That's fine. If you got friends that are involved, I, I totally understand. Yeah, we can we can talk when we're off air. I'm fine with that. I, let me put it this way: I don't think Mark Zuckerberg is in touch with humanity anymore. Mm. Ah, uh. anymore. Um, you know, I I, I love. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, so so I I got recruited really early to join Facebook. Um, but my uh, I was really close friends with with Sean Parker, who was the first president of Facebook. And the very first thing I did was get in a fight with Mark, which is why I didn't end up joining. Um, so, you know, there you go. Um, but uh, you know, he was at least in touch with us enough back then. And I feel like he's completely lost it. I love his technolo technological vision. I love VR. I've got a VR headset right here. My kids come in here and they play Beat Saber and they, they play with VR all the time. I love doing that with them. I love technology as a part of our lives. Um, I don't like technology as supplanting our lives. I think that is, that is why The Social Dilemma is such an amazing movie to me is that it, it exposes us to what's happening if we let it run rampant. And I, I and by the way, I, I will say that I, if you watch that, you'll also see some interviews with early Facebook executives who say, we saw this as an opportunity to expose truth and we believe that um, meritocracies would come about from information flowing freely. 
And I can also verify from, from my early engagement with Facebook, that is exactly what they believed. And they really believed that, that, you know, whether you, whether you're, you know, far right or far left, that, that these kind of alternate truths would be clarified in a world where information flowed freely. And, and that's not what happened. And, and so Facebook has progressively gone from this very idealistic world where at least they had good intentions to one where I think they're very out of touch and it's not clear what their intentions are anymore. And I think that that's where I, I, I become disappointed in, in metaverse, both from a how it's going to impact society perspective, as well as just like, what the heck are you talking about? dude? That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, since we're talking about crazy things, um, what one of the things that is bizarre to me is this this whole deal. I mean, and maybe you saw that that NASA has hired like fifteen theologians um, and, and people that are spiritual advisors. Yeah, I did see that to um, answer this question: How do you think the world would react if they found out that aliens were real? Yeah, I just saw that. Is that bizarre? Yeah. Had you heard that? Yeah. I, I try to avoid the news, but that headline made it through. And because um, I'm an angry Twitter user. So that's. that's, <laughs> that's yeah, you uh, and that other guy. <laughs> exactly. Um, what's, what's the new one everyone's jumping to? Is it, It's Gitter. That's the Gitter. one that everybody's bailing and yeah. jumping. Are you Gitter? on that? Gitter, yeah. are you on that one? I've no. never even heard of it. Did, did you hear about know. that? No, I, I'm. I can. I have no idea what you're talking you, about right now. So, David, do you know uh, about Gitter? I, I am. I am lost as well. I don't know Gitter. So, okay. So, I, like, I'll give you guys the 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 brief history of what's going on here. So, uh, Joe Rogan, and that was I think it was like three or four weeks ago now, had uh, Dr. Robert Malone on his show. It was very controversial regarding COVID and mm -hmm. vaccines and all the whole thing. So, okay. Dr. Robert Malone on his show, he'd been he'd been banned from Twitter. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so Joe was like, well, this is ridiculous. You shouldn't be banned from Twitter. You're a doctor. You're a physician. You should be able to speak your mind on there. Like, Fine. And he goes, well, yeah, I'm not on there anymore. I'm on Getter. And he's, and Joe's like, well, what's Getter? And he's like, well, it's like a Twitter alternative. They basically stole their code and they repurposed it. And now it's like, a <laughs> <laughs> and they don't ban people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. And, and Joe's like, well, that sounds awesome. So like, I, and after the interview, Joe announces to the world, Hey, I'm over on Getter now. Oh. Well, like, and so, like, within like two weeks of announcing that, they've gotten more than a million new users. Of course. And, Interesting. And so okay. It's like, it, you know, it's like a really fast growing new platform. Like, so what was the one that got shut down there during the election? Oh, well, there was the, well, everybody was jumping ship from Facebook over to, to uh, what was uh, that one? Start at the P something. I don't know. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if you want to segue into that really deeply, but I mean, like, I, this is along the same lines of the metaverse, right? It's like, what what's their true north, right? It, banning content, right? Yeah. And whether whether that is scientifically backed or not, that doesn't make it not true. And and I, and I want to be really careful here, right? Like, science is a process, and I'm a big believer in science, but like, we have science being wielded as a weapon. Science is never intended to be a weapon. Science is a dialogue. Science is an ongoing dialogue of people presenting facts, observing those facts, and then trying to reach the best conclusion for themselves and society and, and, and trying to explain these things. Like I come from a family of scientists. 
I, I'm half Chinese, so all of my 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 Chinese half of my family have PhDs. Me, you know, like it's it's we we are scientists. Like that's where I come from, and stopping dialogue is really distressful to me. And so I, I based on what Joe Rogan said, really. I see technology's role in this as being really questionable, right? And and that's on every part of the spectrum. That's from, uh, you know, if you're if you're having questions about the vaccine, I think there's there's really um, a, a a ton of reason to to question the the real efficacy numbers necessarily. Um, but you should be able to have a dialogue about is it forty percent effective against Omicron or is it forty eight? Like that's a really important thing for you to know personally. That's a yeah, really yeah. important thing for society to know. And if if we feel like that's getting hidden, do we stop trusting those sources? Mm-hmm. And that is a fundamental issue. Like, and again, like if, if you believe in meritocracy and you just let all information flow and you find that doesn't work, I think we already know that censorship doesn't work either, right? Yeah. So the role of technology needs to be much more thoughtful and much more careful in those situations. Because all you're doing is you're, you're just, you're just swinging users from one platform to the other. And you know what I find myself, right? Like I'm, I have some preexisting conditions. And so I find myself having to go and read the primary sources. So if I've actually read the dignity or not, not dignity health, sorry, the, the, the health report from South Africa, I watched the two and a half hour zoom meeting where they presented all the statistics because I don't trust Joe Rogan. I don't trust Twitter. I don't trust CNN. I don't trust Fox. And it turns out, by the way, every single one of those people I just mentioned misquoted that study, which is the study about Omicron because Omicron originated and grew the fastest in South Africa. Every single one of those people did. And I like Joe Rogan in general better than the other folks personally. (laughs) But, but, uh, and and same thing with, um, with the, there's a study out of Israel. Um, the right-wing media says that, hey, this is a study of two and a half million people proving that natural immunity is true. It's not. It's a study of 76,000 people out of a population of two and a half million. Mm-hmm. And then the left-wing media is just ignoring natural immunity. Like, that is the problem that I wish, right? Like, when you ask the kind of the, the funny question about metaverse, I think it's a very serious question about, hey, there's a real fact. There's a real paper that came out of Israel that actually shows that natural immunity is incredibly effective. It's as effective as vaccines. I don't know whether it proves that it's more or less. It's, it's, that's within the margin of error, but it certainly states that it's very effective. That's something people need to know. They don't need yeah. to believe that it's been solid and it's better because that's not true. That's not what the paper says. And they don't need it to be ignored. And we need to, as a society, you know, and I, I got a little bit deep on you guys here, but like, I am very passionate. I've got two little girls that are going to grow up in this world. And I want them to grow up in a better world. I want them to grow up in a world that can maturely have these types of conversations. And, yeah, because, and you know, that's, that's so important. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you it, look, I was talking to someone just the other day. They're like, yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to have kids. I just don't want to bring them up in this world. And I don't think that's fair. I mean, I, I don't think it's fair to these people who are having to make that decision. They're having to make that decision. They go, look, I'm choosing not to have a, a family beyond my my spouse. Right. Because, yeah. I mean, the, the three of us on this call and a lot of people that are listening to this right now understand the joy of children. I mean, they're they're Oh, amen. I mean, I, I couldn't. Amen. I, I, I can't explain that to someone who doesn't have children. I'm not going to tell you your life is is worse. It's just different. Right. But but you're you're it's different. Making, and I would never go back. Exactly. Not, not in not in a million years, 100%. not for every dollar on the planet. 
That's right. I would do it over and over and over and over and over again, right? Because it's the most wonderful thing that I've ever experienced in my life. And so now, we, you know, what you're what you're saying is so very important because we we're effectively changing, uh, you know, technology and you know the way that we're interacting with our devices and what's available to us all the time. And nothing seems to be true anymore. What are we What are we getting? Like, we're all of this is making us get to a point where some people are going, "I'm not going to bring a child into this world because of that." Yeah, and and I don't think that's a that's not fair. So so the question is legitimately. How do we get a, how do we get around that? How do we get to the point where where more things are safe? So thank you for that, by the way. More things are safe. Well, how do we get I to mean, the point that, where things? And that's are, actually you know, I, I think safety is at the heart of this because if you feel comfortable in yourself and you feel safe in yourself, you're able to engage in more intense dialogue. Things you're able to listen to things that you may disagree with. There's a there was a study done about Palestine and Israel, and it's it's written up in this book. Um, called From Beirut to Jerusalem. And it's one of my favorite books because it talks about this concept of zero-sum game. And if you believe, I'm going to summarize this huge, like amazing book, but the, 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 the point of the author in that book was that when you feel like the world's a zero-sum game, if I win, you lose, and if you lose, I win. And if I feel like that all day long, it's going to be way hard for us to, to have a, a, an interaction where there's something important to both of us. And it's hard to find compromise. And that's that they were analyzing that concept in the con in, in the context of Palestine and Israel, where you're either pro-Israel or pro-Palestine, or, or pro-Israel or pro-person, right? In, in, in some of the ways that it's put forth, or you're pro-Israel um, uh, or you're pro-person. And, and the, that's that black and white zero-sum game creates loss for everyone. And, you know, in my analysis of <clears throat> politics and, and I, I've done some volunteering on political campaigns to try to understand, not to support specific candidates, but to understand, like, why are people responding? What are they responding to? And, you know, the, the term clickbait could not be more true, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. What yeah. people respond to, what they click on, what they read, what they spend time on, what they donate to politicians based on is angry clickbait. It yeah. is inflammatory, uh, incendiary, intentionally misleading, emotionally uh, engaging uh, text, right? And, and content. And my sense is that, again, safety is one of those key ingredients. I think the other one is that, that we have to be able to uh, in have platforms and and engage in comp more complex discussions meaning that we need to have people that are educated and able to get educated and willing to be educated um, education in the united states has degraded dramatically both in its effectiveness and it's just general importance like we we're more concerned about um the economy it's not the economy it's not super important but america you know go back to, to when we were growing up in the 80s um you know, we used to talk about education all the time as mm -hmm. one of the most important principles of America. Yeah. And and we've lost that, right? I mean, again, like this battle where science is no longer an aspiration and a process and a dialogue. It is a weapon to be wielded against my political enemies. Holy smokes, we've lost it, right? Like that type of thing has to go away. Yeah. And so I, I would say that it, it education is way, way up there because – 
you know, we all got exposed this last two years to exponential curves, right? Like I happen to be a statistician, so I'm pretty comfortable with that. But the average person skipped stats class in, in high school because it didn't seem that important. And now all of a sudden it's determining, you know, all of our, our freedoms and, and, and what we can and can't do and our, our health and safety, um, both of those. And those two were in conflict. Those two were a zero-sum game. And we didn't have the statistical knowledge in our population to reconcile that. So, again, kind of a deep answer, but those would be the two things I would point to is, is safety, mental health is, is a big part of that, and, and education. No, it's good. It's really, really good. Yeah. We could we could go on, man. We, we could. We, we could hold a separate we, show. About yeah, we could do. I mean, like, it's just there's, there's a lot to dig into there. But uh, and, and, and honestly, Craig, Craig and I, what, what most people don't realize is, like, like I, I come to to record podcast and my wife's like, all right, I'll see you tomorrow because Craig and I wind <laughs> up, you know, sitting across the table from each other off air and we solve everybody's problems all over the world. And it's really nice to have someone else who's way smarter than either one of us, even <coughs> who can engage in some of these conversations with us. So we've we've I've enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. So it's good stuff. Good stuff. But. Really, I've enjoyed it, guys. I appreciate you letting me kind of wax poetic and, and philosophical there on a couple yeah. of things. But no, um, I, I, I think a lot of what you're talking about is I think I think it's what a lot of people are feeling, a lot of, what a lot of people are thinking. Yeah. And but like that, uh, not, not any of the people who have the microphone are actually saying. Yeah. No, absolutely. And and that's part of that's part of the frustration thing. Yeah. Because everybody's saying what everybody else wants them to say rather than what they're anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We could go on, but we. David, we really have to get to the most important part of this entire show. Uh-oh. The thing that everybody's been waiting for <laughs> for so long, drum roll. which right. is the final four. The final four. That's right. All right. The final four questions that we ask each and every one of our guests, and you do not know what these are. You've not seen them before, which is great. Specifically asked not to see them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right, here we go. Are you ready? Here's the first one. What is the must-have tool that you won't leave your house without? Oh, snap. Okay. My my F-350. Oh, oh. yes. Oh, you should move to Texas, man. You, <laughs> you've already got the equipment. I, Dude, I love you? that thing, man. I, I've always had Japanese and, and German cars, and my neighbor convinced me to get an F-150 a few years ago, and then I got an F-350, yes. and I use that thing for everything. I love my truck nice. I, and i'm five foot six so i look really big in an f350 <laughs> yes i love it oh. all right so i so i gotta know we were we were talking about this before the show is this is this a result of the 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 horses oh so no it's a result uh it's, it's actually a horribly <laughs> terrible story so I had the f150 i wanted to get an rv i got a fiver um a fifth wheel uh-huh and yeah. i was like you know, if, you, if you're a member of any of these RV communities, if someone always asks every every day, hey, can I put this size RV on my X truck? And the tow police always show up and say, no, you know, you need to get an F-650 in order to tow a 200-pound trailer, right? And that's, yes. like, that's like the default answer. Um, so I was like, you know, again, same thing. Like, who's going to give me the right answer? So I did all the math, and, uh, and then I put – this uh, 10,000 pound trailer on my F-150. I put airbags on it. I, I solidified it. And then that night I had this nightmare that I was driving on a mountain pass and it was a big wind and my kids were in the car and we just had this horrible accident. I woke up crying. I, you know, that's my, my soft side. 
And I said, mm -hmm. sweetie, I hate to do this to you, but we got to get a bigger truck. And so I, that's why I got the F-350 is for, uh, is for our great RV. reason. That's a great reason. If all I have to do is cry to get an F-350. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to work on it. You've got to go inside and go. cut some onions up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're going to see, like, I'm going to be walking in, and Craig's going to be there punching himself in the stomach. Like, like literally jabs into his stomach. Like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm preparing for a conversation that's about to go down. I think your wife is nicer than mine. Mine would probably laugh at me. <laughs> Oh man, hey, I I completely understand though because I'm an I'm an RV guy myself, and so uh, I I just recently went to uh, uh from a half ton truck, but I but I went the other direction and I bought an excursion, and so I okay. absolutely I absolutely love that thing. But um, anyway, we, that's a we whole just other. I again I'd never bought an American vehicle. We just bought I bought an F one fifty. We bought the F three fifty. I just bought my wife a new Expedition too. I I nice. I nice. love that platform. Yeah, it is an I'm amazing platform. I'm with you. All right. So here we go. Next question. What's a project you've walked away from? Now, when we never wrote walk this, away, never walk away, never admit it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Look, we you heard it. You hit it, heard it here first from him. All right. Yeah. I mean, so he's all in like if something ever goes wrong he will figure it out. Apparently he's still got to have some he's still failing at. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like don't don't walk into his bathroom right now because there's oh a God. toilet. I have on the so ground. many holes in my walls right now. <laughs> so, I mean, I cannot tell you. I like. I mean, I don't know how much time you guys have, right? Like, I I can tie this to RVs. My wife got COVID. I have pre-existing conditions, so I moved into our RV in our driveway nice. about a month and a half ago. We don't have RV hookups here. I don't have waste or power. <laughs> yeah. So I tore out my wall. I tore out my power main so that I could hook up an extra conduit so I could put a 50 amp 240 nice. so I can hook up my RV in our driveway. And so I still have a six foot tall by two and a half <laughs> foot wide hole in my wall right now at this moment. And I didn't want to hire an electrician to do that because all you're doing is hooking up, you know, two, three, four wires, right? I mean, for the love of God, I don't want to pay $3,000 for that. Right? It's right. just dumb. It hurts so much for the electrical main. So funny. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm a little bit joking with that answer, but it's unfortunately my wife would tell you it's that's probably true. I, I don't <laughs> generally walk away. Well, and, and I would think someone uh, like someone like you is like, nope, I can figure it out. I can figure this out. I'm a smart dude. I can figure it out. So I generally yeah. try to. Yeah. All right. Next question. How do you wind down at the end of a long day? Well, here's my answer. Come here. Come here. My, my daughter just walked in. This, nice. is, this hey. is Cecilia. This is our 10-year-old. Hello, Cecilia. Uh, we, I did not lock my office today. Yeah. This is live, sweetie. Oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> She's made for the camera. That's fine. So Wait, Cece I and I. I need to know. Tell me the name of your stuffed animal there. Froggy. That's Froggy. Of course. I should have known. <laughs> so Cece and I, we will we just found a new Xbox game called Unravel. We play games on Xbox. We read Harry Potter together. Um, or we play card games. We like to play exploding kittens as a family. Oh, yes. Which yes, is not that's quite hundred percent appropriate, but it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. Really fun. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Nice. I love it. What's the uh, the jewel one that uh, oh, Azul. No, no, no. Uh, we just got Azul yesterday. Is it we Azul? literally just got yeah. Azul yesterday. Yeah, yeah Az Azul is 
Yeah, it's the one. No, yeah. No, the one with the, the jewels on the cards. Oh, the jewels on the cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and like it's on a grid and like, um, gum it. This I'm, is one I play with my kids all the time now. I'm, I'm completely. You and Jared introduced me to it. It's not Azul? No. Okay. I played Azul with you guys, yeah. which is great. Uh-huh. Um, starts with a C. Ka- uh, Carcassonne. Catan. Not no. Catan, um, which is a great game. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm completely. I, me and Jared. It's going to be checkers. He plays yeah, it with diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's war. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, my, my buddy Roger said Splendor. That's not it, though, is it? Splendor. It's Splendor. Yep. Splendor. My buddy Rod one. for the win. Rod for the win. Here you come in. Yeah, I'm just going to put you. I'm going to put your name up here thank just you, because Rod. of that. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Rod. You're the only one that gets your name up the entire time for getting Splendor. You're welcome. All right, so if you, your girls are going to be the perfect age. Splendor is a fantastic game. It is a great game. Like, okay, I, play it, I play it with my 12-year-old. I play it with my 8-year-old. Yeah. it's. I love that game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Well, cool. All right, we, we got a couple other questions. Couple more questions. <laughs> um, actually, just one. We got one more question. What's one of the best pieces of wisdom or advice that you've ever received? So my wife told me, insert anything here, and I've already won, right? You know yeah, that. Yeah. Smartest but my, my <laughs> <laughs> my wife told me that I need I need to be a better listener, and uh, so my I, I, I've been kind of working on New Year's resolutions for the last little bit with the kiddos, and my New Year's resolution for the last five years, and this is both professionally and personally, has been to be a better listener. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it, it's a weird thing, but I mean, we're surrounded by so much information and so many smart people, and and uh, much just data that we can either be overwhelmed or we get threatened by it, we get defensive, you know, we were talking about like, you know, censoring and things like that. But if instead you can just learn to listen and engage and ask questions and, and be an active listener, um, I may be a little bit more Socratic than people are comfortable with me. I ask like really aggressive questions because I really want to understand things. Um, I, I have found that to be one of the most rewarding pieces of advice I've ever gotten because I, mm. it, it allows me to develop deeper relationships with people around me. It allows me to develop relationships with people I disagree with um, and it allows me to learn. So I love yeah. that one. Mm, that's great. I, I love it, man. That's, that's fantastic. So here's the thing. We actually lied to you, which is fine. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but there's um, actually, a, there's, I don't a, know. there's a secret <laughs> fifth question. Craig asked this question. It's it's Craig. Craig has to ask this question. It's the only one that he remembers, so I let him do this one. So here you go, Craig. All right, you ready? It's a it's a killer. Yep. All right. If people want to get a hold of you or your company, how do they find you? I'm sweating right now from that. Like, oh my gosh, these guys. Another question. Um, it's most of my life. I'm a massive letdown. <laughs> It's true, y'all. It's true. The two best ways, uh, one, if you want to learn about Deep Sentinel, the best way to do that is our YouTube station, our YouTube channel. We have great videos that we show tons of interventions where we're stopping crime. If you want to learn about Deep Sentinel, that's the best place to go there. We have our website, deepsentinel.com. If you want to get in touch with me personally, the best place to do that is probably LinkedIn. That's that's my most active social network. Um, I trade information there. And uh, again, Dave Selinger, CEO of Deep Sentinel. 
you'll find me on LinkedIn. You can follow me there. I don't do a ton of posting, um, but uh, I do have a, a bunch of folks that follow and I try to share wisdom as it, as it falls on my lap. Cool. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna link that all up in the show notes. So, uh, those of you that are frantically writing all of that stuff down, like, don't worry, we're gonna, we're gonna link it up right here in the show notes, man. It has been fantastic, uh, having you on. Uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time to join us. It's been a, thank you. It's been a really good episode. So we appreciate it very, very much. Since that was awesome. If, if you guys uh, finish the next episode, you want a drinking buddy for afterwards, I'll, uh, I'll join you guys anytime. That was Deal. awesome. Deal. That's you, you had us at drinking. Um, so that's, that's fantastic. Uh, well, listen, uh, thank you all for downloading today's episode. It's uh, it's been great to be with you guys again. And uh, yeah, if you haven't already, uh, leave us a five star rating and review on iTunes. That would be fantastic. I'm, I'm all the losing things. it. Yeah. All the things. Yeah. Click the things, the thumbs, the hearts. Yeah, do all the things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and David, don't leave. We want to we talk to you a little bit more. But until next time, we'll see you later. See you.